0: Welcome to the Creative Sober Podcast, where you will hear personal stories from sober creatives on what inspires their creative process and what works for them to stay sober. I am your host and sober creative, Missing May. I find myself growing from these stories as I deepen my own roots in recovery. I hope they help you too. In this episode, I speak with Los Angeles musician, live performance artist, and director, Michael Ornelas, or also known as Thrash. We dive into conversation as he is someone who hasn't experienced addiction, but rather someone who's abstained from drugs and alcohol. Can you imagine what that's like in the creative industry? I am super blessed to get to talk with him and discover what that journey is like. Michael Ornelas. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing really great. Thanks for meeting with me today. Um, Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, we'd like to start into our podcast you uh, know, getting to know our guests. So could you tell us a little bit about your background as a creative and yeah, um, what that looks like?
1: So I've always drawn as far back as I can remember. So I have always freelanced as an artist, uh, whether that's character design or some sort of concept art. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a live performer, so I perform um, theater mostly, uh, working um, in live events and creative sort of play tests, we call them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a musician, I have my band. And um, I just say that the more things you have under your tool belt, the better equipped you will be to work in this industry, to work in this world. What
0: would you say is your main passion?
1: Uh, when you're creating? It's it's a hard tie between just drawing, but I think that's so self-serving for me. That's like my therapy. But if I have to pick a one, it, it is live performance. It's performing in front of people or with people that gives you the audience, whether you're in a theme park or in a theater or just the middle of a park some sort of escape from your normal everyday world, something to help you forget all of the pressures and kind mm. of lighten things up. That's cool. How long have
0: you been in uh, live performance?
1: Um, well, I think all of us have always been live performers as soon as we got to the playground at recess in <laughs> elementary school.
0: Fair enough. What yes. happens
1: if suddenly <laughs> somebody says as your brain starts developing, that's weird. Mm. And when suddenly people feel like, oh, I'm, I, I can't do this thing anymore. I'm being judged. Then they get away from it all of a sudden. That's why most child actors, I think, are actually pretty good because they don't have all of that in their head yet. It's just I'm here to do the thing, mm. you know. So, But officially, my first like play, play was in seventh grade. And then from there, it was all downhill or uphill or it was a hill.
0: It was a hill. <laughs> what, what got you started in that? What inspired you? To do I theater. remember
1: seeing my older brother perform in Fiddler on the Roof when I was about eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also remember watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit and thinking, cartoons are actors. I mm-hmm. love cartoons, I could be a, an actor with a cartoon one day. It hasn't happened yet, but that's I'm, I'm seeing if I can get one of them on the line. So,
0: yeah, what Roger Rabbit was that during the time of Howard the Duck? That was that the
1: I? 80s, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, um, and, and uh, Richard Williams, who did the animation for uh, Roger Rabbit, was also he studied under Tex Avery and Milk Call. And then, for anybody who doesn't know who those are, just go and Google them and you will see their breadth of work. So,
0: that's awesome. Awesome. What well, you mentioned that you're in, the, in a band. Uh, what, do you, what do you do in the band?
1: Uh, I'm the guitar player and I suppose lead vocalist Um, I like to use as many vocals as possible some of my favorite bands like uh, the Beatles or Blink-182 have more than one vocalist Mm -hmm. so um, I sing my brother sings Jeff our keyboardist sings even Nathan and Jackie they like to sing. Um, And I try to use as many of our voices as much as possible. So, uh, and I guess I'm kind of the band leader. I don't know. I'm the one who makes schedules and it's fun. It's, it's, it's a, it's our band.
0: That's us see. you mentioned that you have your brother in your band as well. That's cool. You get to get to play with a sibling. We're we're pretty
1: close. Yeah. And uh, we didn't like perform together. Until mm-hmm. college, because he three and a half years apart, mm. four years in school terms. So as soon as I would leave, like one school, then he'd come in, you know. And when I left high school, then he went in. So we never performed together until college. And then we thought, oh, we really like this. So
0: that's cool. That's very awesome. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about you know your journey or your segue uh, when you were creating? Um, when you decided that you wanted to go into sobriety, like what, what did that transition look like for you?
1: You know, it's funny because I, um I, I love your, your questionnaire. And, and I feel like maybe uh, a lot of people have a journey similar to yours, where you had that, that changing point where you decided mm-hmm. me, I feel like I'm so unqualified to answer that question because that's never been a thing for me because my mindset for for where I stand, I you start off sober, and then something comes into your life that makes you All decide right. to not be. All right, and it's a different story for every single person, so I can't speak to those stories. So for me, I just never thought I needed anything to you know. I, I remember watching The Doors, and as much as it's a biopic, you know, they talk about when they went out to the desert to find themselves, and I thought I don't need to go out to the desert to find myself. Not only do I not care for the heat but uh, you know, um, the more research I do on things like psychotropics with as much as my brain is active and as much as I create, I just think I would have the worst trip of all. All the research (laughs) I do doesn't do me any good to want to go into it. So I've just always abstained. I've never done anything, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just always been how I am.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, Michael. So in your environments, um, you could probably vouch for this in creative environments such as theater or uh, being a music musician. um, There's a lot of, you know, alcohol and drugs that kind of circulate through the community and usually tends to be part of, you know, some, I guess, quote unquote lifestyle. How do you, how do you veer away from that or kind of stay in the sober zone?
1: That's, thank you for asking that. I didn't even think about that. It does get awkward at, at cast parties sometimes when everyone just mm-hmm. starts to ugh, get a little lost. And, and one time, actually, it was a little private cast party that we had at someone's house and people were just getting blotto, for, yeah. for lack of a better term. And you know what I did? I just, I left silently. I didn't, I didn't do anything as far as a big announcement and I didn't make a stink about it. I just kind of disappeared. And nobody noticed. I mean, they noticed later the next morning when they were like, where's Michael? Because a lot of them spent the night at the house. Mm-hmm. But I never decided to say, oh, I'm going to make a stand and say, this is wrong. It's just, you know, if there's another sober person there, well, then we can talk and we can have a great conversation. Right. But as far as me, like, you know, I've never felt the pressure to need to do that, especially when your teardown of your set is the next morning. And you can tell the people who are like, I look, I don't feel a hundred percent as it is on my own. I couldn't imagine putting my body through any extraneous stress after that.
0: (laughs) I can totally vouch for that one. Yes, absolutely. The breakdown. (laughs) It's a different
1: kind of breakdown, right? Yeah. No (laughs) kidding.
0: No kidding. No kidding. So you've, you've, uh, you said that you haven't experimented with drugs. Um, what's what's your view around alcohol then?
1: Great question. Wow, um, yeah. I, I one of my many jobs is I act as a teacher in a ghost town. So I'm not I'm not oh. a teacher, but I, yeah. I work in a little schoolhouse and we talk about everything. A lot, a lot of history, actually, and and from what I've read, it's interesting that in order to transport. Certain beverages or drinks, long distances, they had they created this fermentation process so that they would not spoil. I think the science behind alcohol is fascinating. And I think the history behind it is fascinating. And in this aspect, think about it every single region of the world has created their own moonshine.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Somebody said rice, sake. Somebody looked at hops, beer. Somebody said grapes. Why? Every mm-hmm. corner of the world has it. And the science behind it and the cultivation behind it, I think, is a beautiful, beautiful history lesson in science. The culture that surrounds it today, mm-hmm. the need to lose yourself, the need to oversaturate your liver so that you start to lose your senses or lose memory or lose time or, or feel less, Mm-hmm. That that has always been the part that makes me sad is that I I can't imagine that anybody would ever be in such a negative headspace or emotional place that that's what they think they have to do mm-hmm. to have a good time or to fit in or whatever it is. It's not there's no simple answer to why people do it because there's hundreds and thousands of reasons yeah, for each individual I, person. Yeah, absolutely. So again, the science behind the alcohol I've always admired. You know. But I think the culture, especially that it surrounds it in the later 20th, early 21st century, definitely needs some addressing and needs some kind of fixing because people are hurting themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the that's the trend where it's become bigger than itself, and there's a lot of movement uh, in the sobriety community to bring awareness of this issue. You know, because there is a lot of mental health tied into it, which, you know, I'll call also affects your physical health. And it's about pulling back the onion skin and figuring out, OK, why am I compelled or I feel compulsive like towards having this drink because I want to check out or uh, like you said, just numb out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of conversation around that. And, you know, with alcohol that is being made, there's actually companies who are uh, investing in creating non-alcoholic versions of it. So there's non-alcoholic wine, uh, beer, there's spirits as well. So the distillery are doing the same process of how they would make Uh, hard liquor, but they're, they're able to filter out the alcohol part of it. So it's, it's pretty neat what's going on.
1: That's amazing. um, And mm -hmm. yeah, think about this too, because there is something habitual and ceremonious about the process of the drink. You're at a dinner table, you have, you know, the specific glass that is meant for you to hold so that you don't warm the liquid, you know, Mm -hmm. stir it around, take a sniff, you know, a toast to my friends that is all so romantic, isn't it? You know, all of, all of that part, all of the presentation, that's, that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they would be create, I didn't know that the fact that so many companies would be finding these alternatives still incorporates people because I can vouch for feeling really awkward during a toast at a wedding, right. but I didn't have something that I felt comfortable drinking, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Yes, they're, they're finding these ways or these drinks that can help that because it is um, ritual or celebratory. I mean, they, they make non-alcoholic champagne as well now. So, I mean, you still can do that toast on New Year's uh, and not worry about the hangover the next day.
1: So. I've been an apple cider guy and a chocolate milk dude for all of my New Year's Eve or so for my whole life. It's just That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, for your creative journey, um, what what kind of projects do you have brewing right now? What's on deck for you?
1: I just finished an art piece. Uh, oh, nice. The Not Scary Farm Art Gallery, which is titled Into the Fog. And even though in the midst of the pandemic, the full event is not happening, they still have plans to showcase the art exhibit. I don't know the details mm. of it, um, but uh, they're still doing that. And um, my family takes part in a Relay for Life we've lost uh, several family members to cancer
0: oh, and wow. friends
1: and loved ones. And so even though the event isn't happening, they're doing a virtual event, uh, I believe in October mm-hmm. and they've asked me to make the intro video. So I've, I've been working on that all week and we shoot uh, like in a, in a week or so. Um, and we're going to be pirates in the middle of the ocean. Um, and, and I don't know how <laughs> doing half of it, but that's, Kind of the other thing, and then I keep practicing music every single day. I just built a new board for any of the gearheads out there for my guitar, and I try to keep challenging myself with new riffs and things to play. And that—that's kind of what I have happening in here. Oh, and I need to finish writing that play, but that's my dessert. I need to get through all that other stuff. <laughs> before I'm on a second, third draft of this other play that I'm doing, and that needs to—that's—that's that's when I finish the other stuff. Then I can get back to that
0: very cool where do you I, I didn't even ask you where do you hail from? Where are you, where oh, are you at uh, right now
1: down here in Los Angeles, California
0: all right uh, you no
1: know, I work a lot in orange county so
0: well um where can we find your stuff or listen to your um, music all, all your creative projects so I, just, I, I love your multifaceted it's amazing
1: <laughs> thank you i'm I'm at uh thrash six eighteen on um instagram and twitter uh my page is michael thrasher and ellis on facebook the band is reminisce the band mm-hmm. on instagram reminisce the band socal on facebook and i do have a deviant art out there somewhere. oh okay theme that hasn't been updated in some time but every once in a while when i have an art piece that i've done that i'm super proud of i say there that's where it goes
0: mm-hmm. okay well um circling back to your band what kind of music do you guys play? What yes.
1: would you call it? And the answer is yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a cover band and the whole idea of Reminisce, my, my brother, um, I came up with the idea of some names, but my brother came up with the name Reminisce. How many times have you listened to the radio or Spotify and you hear a song and you suddenly go, I haven't heard this song in forever. Mm, I love that. where has this song yes. been for the last X amount of years? Or when you do a song for the first time and you say, I've never heard this song before, but I instantaneously love it. Mm-hmm. We kind of have a, a couple theme shows we do, like we did a we did a TV, we're planning a TV show theme. We have a Disney show, you know, where we start pulling. These songs that we've always loved, but we're like, well, maybe people haven't heard this in a while. Come reminisce with us, and that's the name of the band, Reminisce. So,
0: oh wow, that's clever. That's clever, Michael. I love it. Wow, (laughs) very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think you're like you qualify as a unicorn, so that's awesome. (laughs) I got to meet the unicorn. (laughs)
1: I've never been, uh, uh compared <laughs> with a unicorn. Wow. You don't take my blood. It will do bad things to your soul.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, again, you know, uh, you know, reach out anytime and, you know, thank you for being part of the creative sober and good luck. Good, good luck and uh, best wishes on all of your creative projects. Thank so.
1: you so much for being here and for also giving me a place where I feel less alienated. You know, finding, mm. finding the sober raver a year ago was one of my saving graces. And knowing that you are out there now is also one of those things that I get to share with other friends of mine who also live the same similar lifestyle or who are recovering. And so thank you for all of the work that you do, May. Oh,
0: thank you, Michael. Thank you. I consider Michael a bright light soul in our community. Incredible story for us to hear about what life looks like before the crossroads. I like to think that we've all been there before. For most of us, it's about coming back home to ourselves, to when that was. You can reach out and follow Michael on Instagram at thrash618. He would love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and leave us a review where you are listening to this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Creative Sober. Thank you for listening to The Creative Sober Podcast. I am your host, Missing May. Until next time, stay healthy and stay creative.